Welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. This resource exists to help keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equip you to apply the gospel to all areas of life that together we might delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Hello, Restoration Church, sitting here with Nathan, and we are starting a new series of podcasts. I don't know how many will be, maybe five, six, seven, eight. We'll yeah. see. Uh, An important topic. Yeah, important topic. So we're going to be talking about, specifically, about spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are so many ways that that could go, but we're going to root it primarily around uh, false teaching. And the reason why we would do that is because this is one of the first acts of spiritual warfare you see in the Bible. So Nathan, you open up the Bible. Before you get out of the first three chapters, what are you seeing there in the text? Well, I would say it's not even only the first. I would say it's the most important, right? Because if if the evil one can get us to believe lies about God, then we he will have us to be on his team, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. And so it comes back to so all the other aspects of spiritual warfare. At the end of the day, uh, the evil one wants us to believe lies about God, about his gospel, about his church, about the Bible, etc. So That's it's right. all, at the end of the day... When we boil it all down, it comes back to teaching, false teaching. That's right. Spiritual warfare is grounded in believing or teaching lies. Right, which is exactly what we see in Genesis 3 yeah. when God gives this great positive first command, go mm-hmm. eat anything you want, right? except for this. Yep. And the very thing Satan does is begin to distort, doubt, twist God's word. Did God really say? Yeah, yeah. did he really say? That's yeah, right. And that leads into that yeah. the, the spiritual warfare from that moment until today, mm-hmm. until Jesus comes back, is a real thing. Yeah, and we might even go so far as to say that there are, you know, this might be one of the most, you know, top five most important topics you can think about. Why? Why would you say that? Because if Jesus is the truth, and he is the way to everlasting life, and even particular, just now living, learning how to thrive, have human flourishing, and that is through the truth, Jesus Christ. Then, therefore, false teaching is distorting the truth. Therefore, you can't know true life. Right. And so you've got it's sort of two sides of a different coins, right? Or same coin. I don't know how you say that, but you know you got to be attentive to truth, right? That's what we do every week in Restoration Church. But we also need to be attentive, very attentive, to how that truth can be distorted and the way the Bible talks about it being distorted. And so I think this is important for a lot of reasons, but uh, I think it's especially acute for us in America because we live in such a customizable world. What do you mean by a customizable world? Well, I mean, my goodness, if I want a <laughs> if I want a red sweater with the words Nathan Knight Dilly Dilly <laughs> on on my sweater, I could get that done and delivered to my doorstep in two days. I suggest you don't, but... Right, exactly. I'm not doing it. But my point, though, is is like you can get, in our society, we can get almost anything that we want in the way that we want to try to fit our likes and dislikes. And there's a lot of really great things about that. You oh, know? yeah, wonderful things in, in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, I can get, you know, some cherry wine delivered to my door, man. I like cherry wine or whatever. Which, cheer, cheer wine. I said cheery wine. Yes. Cheer, cheer, cheer wine. wine. Yeah, it's a soft drink from North Carolina. But anyway... Um, so it's dangerous when we think about truth and false teachers because there is a predominance of people that are open, opening the Bible and teaching it, both on the TV, uh, on our uh, podcasts, things like that, um, 
and also just churches in our own city right. uh, that are going to teach things that are wrong. Uh, and we may be inclined to go there because we like their style of preaching, we like their music, we like the people that are there, and yet we don't take the time to slow down and think, are they teaching the truth? So it's very – our customizable world is very dangerous. So if we're, not, if, we're not, if we're not careful, we can customize to our own desires, and those desires may not be Christ-honoring in of themselves. Truth. Yeah, right. that's exactly and right. So, Whatever is true, right. because we're so inclined to having life kind of fit the way that we want it to, to, to map onto our own likes and dislikes. Yeah. And while that may be good for restaurants and clothing, it's really, really detrimental. It's damning, literally, to your soul. Yeah. So we can't try to orient ourselves around truth or, sorry, teaching that kind of fits our likes and dislikes. We have to map it on to whatever is true, whether we like it or not. That's right, yeah. And so we see throughout the Bible, as we mentioned, in Genesis 3, you see an assault on God's Word mm-hmm. over and over again. Throughout the Old Testament, God is uh, really upset, mm-hmm. uh, wrathful towards his prophets who are not teaching truth at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw this in, in several of the books that we've we've studied Mm-hmm. And so it's not uncommon to see people teaching false doctrine. You've mm-hmm. spent a little bit of time thinking about this, particularly as you see the life of Jesus and the ministry of Paul into the churches. And so just walk us through, mm-hmm. brother, some of the things that you've seen mm-hmm. as you have read uh, these passages coming out of spiritual warfare and the, with the aim of false teaching. Yeah, and, and before I answer that, let me just one more step down. You know, uh, I'm, I'm seeing this happen a little bit in the life of our church where just some conversations I'm having around the life of the church where some people are kind of having some inclinations that I that concern me as a pastor because they could be mapping on more to likes and dislikes, not so much on whatever's true. Yeah. The, I think the thing to note here that we fail to, to really appreciate, and, and honestly, I think maybe I've not done as good a job in this myself as a pastor other than just teaching the truth, is being attentive, attentive to the predominance of the warnings against false teachers and uh, these kinds of the spiritual warfare that comes that way. I think we forget this notion that Jesus talks to us about in John eight forty four, when he refers to Satan as, quote, the father of lies. Now, what's interesting about that passage, that's John eight forty four. what's interesting about that passage, he's talking to people that believe in Yahweh and count their lineage and sort of religious history to Abraham. So in other words, to sort of put this on you know, New Testament, New Covenant terms, this would be like, hey, I believe in Jesus, and you know, I grew up in a Baptist church. Mm. And Jesus is saying, yeah, be careful. He says earlier there, uh, you, are the, you are, he's speaking of these people that are taking the name of you know, our sort of words, Christian, but back then they would be Jew. He, you are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. There's that language, because uh, uh, because to him there is no truth in him. Where uh, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so the nature of this false teaching is what Satan's doing, just as you documented with Genesis three, is he's lying. And in Jesus, that context of that passage is people that otherwise would we would have thought to be. Perfectly faithful people. That's right. And I think it's important, again, that he's, he's not creating entirely new things necessarily, yeah. all these things. He's just twisting and distorting just a little bit. 
Yeah. So he can get you off of off of true north, true true truth, just a little bit. Well, over yeah. time, yeah. you're you're going to be really off the course. And so he's yeah. just distorting and twisting. Yeah. He's never going to. He's he's not. He's smart enough. He's because he's so he's a deceiver and he's very powerful. He's the evil one is smart enough to deceive us by degrees. You know, so he's not going to tempt you. It, well, John Owen says it best. You know, every lust, lustful thought would be adultery if it could. Every doubting thought would be atheism if it could. So that's where he's trying to take you, and he's just going to take you just a slight degree off. So let's just walk yeah. through then, Joey. Okay. Just some of the, just skip a rock across the warnings against false teachings in the Bible. Uh, so you, so you have yeah, Jesus again in Matthew twenty four. He says there's there's going to be false prophets that will lead many astray. That's right. And so Jesus yeah. has a category of false prophets, even drawing some away. Yeah. And so he warns his disciples about this. Yeah. And he in in that same passage, that's twenty uh, Matthew twenty four verse eleven, right next to it, verse twelve, and lawlessness will be increased. And the love of many will grow cold. See, that's what happens, right? You just a little bit off here. I, you know, when I want to go here, I kind of like this teaching a little better. And maybe it's not a big deal, but eventually it's going to grow cold. The love for God is going to grow cold. That's right. Uh, and that's, enough, what that, that's what sin is. It's a lack of love for God. Amen. So, Which is the two greatest commandments, right? right love, love God, love neighbor. That's right. Uh, another one, one of my favorite ones I like to share with people is in Acts 20. Such a great what's, moment. What's the context of Acts 20? Context here, Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders. He's sitting on the beach. He's getting ready to say bye to them. He's poured his life, two, three years of his life. He's just poured it out. He's weeping. I mean, it's just this amazing, dramatic moment. And I love what he says there. He says in verse 28, chapter 20, Acts 20, Pay careful attention, he's speaking to the pastors, pay careful attention to yourselves. Careful attention. Don't just pay attention, pay careful attention. And to who else? All the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. All right, so Joey, you and I have been made overseers of Restoration Church by the Holy Spirit. That's right. And to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. This is his church. Now listen to what he says next, right after that. Verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in from where? Among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves. He's speaking to the elders. There's going to be, even among the elders, from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted. Not new things, they're going to twist it. To draw, what's the end of it? To draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, Therefore, yeah, be alert. Yeah. So, so again, Paul has a category. And again, I think what you said there, the, the importance of from among your own selves, yeah. that it's a, a lot of the battle can be internal. In other words, yeah. it's not by people who hate Jesus and want nothing to do with him. A lot of the battle is coming from people who take the name Christian, yeah. who take the name of Jesus, those types of things. So we just have to be – doesn't mean we should be suspicious no. of everybody and, yeah, no. you know – This is the beauty of church membership, yeah. though. Curmudgeon-y and yes, all that type of stuff. Yes, but, Don't every time – oh, sure, are you really a Christian? Yeah, don't start doing that. No, That's no. not – we don't want to be suspicious, but we do want to be alert. That's right. Yeah. So, so again, then you have Second Timothy four, Paul's letter at the end of his life that he's writing to his disciple Timothy. He's talking about the warning of of having t- teaching that will itch our own ears. So he says in chapter four, verses two and three, you know, watch out. Teachers are going to come to uh, suit. F- 
their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Yeah, so there's, there's the another truth. warning. Yeah. First John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Right, second, uh, second Peter chapter two, verse one to three, just as there will be, he says, but false prophets also arose among the people. Yet again, we got to emphasize this. Oftentimes, it's not just it not it might not uh, be possible. I think the New Testament would have us to see that it's more common that the false teachings coming from within, not from without. Uh, so he says, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. He's writing to the church. Who will note the note how it comes in? Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them? And on it goes. Uh, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Uh, their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. It's active. So then you have James. Do not be deceived. Mm-hmm. Yet. Why does he have to say that? Because there's an element of we need to be careful not to be yeah. deceived. Yeah. Paul writes to another disciple, Titus, mm-hmm. Titus chapter 1, verse 16, they will profess to know God but deny him by their works. Yeah, so so false teaching comes not only in what I say, mm-hmm. but it can also be seen in what I do. Because I can say I believe the truth in a way, but yeah. my actions might reveal a false teaching, a yeah. heresy that does not keep with that. That's right. And so one of the things that got me to thinking about this is the is learning about people that take the name of Christ, and we think, well, gosh, they're Christians, so we don't need to be worried about them. We need to be worried about the big, bad, you know, atheists out there, when in fact the New Testament is having us to be more concerned about these people that are taking the name Christian, and yet their lives are not mapping on to the truth. Right. Uh, Jude is probably the best book on this topic. You know, the whole letter there is about it. But uh, keeping the faith once we're all delivered to the that's saints. Right. Contend for that's that's Jude three, beloved. Although I was very eager to write to you about the common our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people, here it comes again, have crept in how unnoticed, who were long ago designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who do they do they deny the grace of God? No, it says they pervert it. They pervert the grace of our God. And how do they pervert it? Into sensuality. In other words, to to suit their own passions. That's right. Yeah, the senses, the sort of whatever sense they have that they want to give into. So so we've skipped a rock across the Bible very briefly. And and there are so many more we could bring up. What would be a few ways you would summarize what we've talked about in terms of what do we need to kind of summarize from this idea of spiritual warfare as it comes through – False teaching. Yeah, I think first off we see this, this is common. Yeah, so we, we should note that it's common. It's common – when I say it's common, it's common in the New Testament to be warning about this. And so we should understand that if it's common in the New Testament for it to be warned against, we should know that it's common around us in the sort of evangelical or Christian circles. I think the second thing we learn is that it is oftentimes – you heard us read a few of those – Oftentimes it is coming in, these people, these false teachers are creeping in unnoticed. In other words, it's not going to be obvious to us. If Richard Dawkins strolled into Restoration Church telling us, we would all see it, right? It wouldn't be unnoticed. Right. It's going to be people that have wool, have sheep's clothing, but in fact they're underneath their wool. So they're going to be coming from inside the church. So it's a, it can be a common thing. 
Yep. Again, hear us, Restoration Church. Yes. We're not saying you have to be suspicious or concerned. Every single person have mercy. Let that not be no, us, true. Let that not be true. Yeah. Uh, but we should have a radar up. We should yep. be so attuned to Jesus yep. that we should be bouncing things off of him and seeing what his word says. And uh, again, it's not the, the people outside the church, but it's inside. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I think thirdly, I think this is this is a, a really important one that may surprise people if you don't slow down and think about this. You know, just as you read, Joey, from Titus 2, these are going to be people that profess to know God. So in other words, these people are not going to deny uh, some aspects of the gospel or maybe the gospel itself. They, uh, they're, they're going to call themselves Christians. They're not, going to, they're not going to deny grace. They're not going to deny faith. They're not even going to deny Bible, just like Satan never des- def- uh, defied the, or denied the word of God. He, he just, just questions twisted it. it. That's right. He questions twisted. Twist yeah, and so I think that's uh, – there's three kind of things when I was studying this that came up a lot under false teaching. Greed seems to be around. Sensuality seems to be around. And a denial of authority are common. You know, that's that whole idea of denying a master. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're going to deny Jesus is a king, but they're going to deny him as the master. Right. So, yeah. So it's common. It's going to be unnoticed. Be attentive. And they're, these are going to be people that are not going to explicitly deny stuff. So, Joey, yeah. you know, we've thought about these things. Let's think through some ways just briefly. We'll talk more about this through this series. Yeah. So we're just kind of giving an introduction here. But how can we counteract uh, – false teaching and the spiritual warfare that comes through false teaching? Well, I think we have to understand that doctrine is not just an academic exercise, but I think about when, again, Paul writes to Timothy and says, watch your doctrine and your life. So we have to understand that that healthy doctrine leads to healthy lives that don't pervert the grace of God, but enjoy the grace of God in in these ways. And so understand that the doctrine is important, not just Mm -hmm. so we can know things, but we can love Rightly, yeah, and so understanding that that you know we've often used. I got a text message from from Luke mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago, and I said, you know, I was talking about how much fun he is to preach to. His face just yeah, lights yeah. up, and he goes, "I'm just thankful that every week I'm come and I'm fed at Restoration Church. Yeah. Some weeks it's broccoli, yeah. other weeks it's more That's like right. filet mignon, right. but it's always yeah. good. And sometimes you have to recognize healthy doctrine yeah. doesn't always." Quote, taste well, right. but it's yeah. good for our soul. That's right. Just like medicine does not taste good, but when we're sick, it is good for our soul. That's right, yeah. So as we walk through Judges, not mm-hmm. going to be always the most pleasant read and the pleasant lessons. It's going to kind of hurt. It's going to assault some of our maybe likes or dislikes. But we have to remember, insofar as it's faithful, it's good. That's right. So I think we need to understand that healthy doctrine leads to healthy lives. And second, we need to – so in that way, we need to give ourselves to the preaching and the teaching of sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. So that starts with us personally wrestling with the Word of God, immersing yeah. ourselves in it, and then uh, coming to a church, in this case, Restoration Church, right. and listening to the preaching of God's Word and right. receiving it, testing against the Word. Yeah but receiving healthy preaching that we might be built up. Yeah, and even in the singing, right? So it's oh. we're it's not as though we don't want to have an enjoyable singing experience, but we want to have we want to sing together congregationally and hear good words yeah. as and, we sing. And I don't know when this will actually be, but last Sunday the singing was amazing. It just, was. I mean just wonderful and yeah, yeah. just it so, I love when we sing Be Thou My Vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it so supports good. the truth of what was going to be preached and read. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do we need to do, Nathan, to protect ourselves? Well, we read that verse already, First John 4, 1, test the Spirit. So when something comes up that sort of, you know, maybe might be new to you or whatever the case may be, just make sure that it's obedient to the corpus of Scripture throughout all of Scripture. 
uh, not just it doesn't just sort of sound good, um, but it's actually fitting in line with the truth of God's word. Yeah, and also in that, as you test the spirits, I think it's helpful to to ask if this is true or not true. What else does it touch? Yeah. And so, does it touch directly the character of God, or mm-hmm. does it touch the the centrality and the beauty of the gospel? Because that's when we're yeah. getting really right. on. Yeah. Really important ground. Yeah, what does it say about God? What does it say about the, His gospel? You know, so things like one like that would be like, well, God told me this. You know, we kind of get that subjective kind of experience. Well, we need to test that yeah. against the spirits. Yeah, unless they read the Bible next. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. What else, Joey? So I think it's it, kind of to, to round this out. I think we have need to have good pastors over us and healthy church members around us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those seem to be, and I'd say even even deacons over and serving us as well. So yeah. kind of church leadership and church membership that is healthy and meaningful. And so this is why we are so slow and careful for the church to affirm and recognize the elders who serve them mm-hmm. because it, they're called to protect, to yeah. teach and to protect. And we want the church to trust the men that God has yeah. given to us to protect. Right. Sound doctrine. Yeah, Titus one nine, such a good verse. Yep. It says there to teach sound doctrine and refute those that contradict it. That's yeah. a qualification for an elder. So when we when we are kind of testing our potential elders, we're asking them some questions about the Trinity and about, you know, sort of uh, sensual sort of interpretations of the Bible. How do they how do they read that? How do you counteract that? Not just how do you teach it, but how do you refute those that contradict sound And, and to that point, on terms of, of pastors and uh, elders, it's one why we have an elder affirmation of faith that's right. pretty robust. Yeah. And also, it's why we regularly ask every time the elders meet, we have a check-in form that yeah. asks some questions about doctrinal convictions. Right. Have they changed? Have they not changed? Yeah. And yeah. not just doctrine, but also life. Are you living yep. in such a way that promotes the truth? That's right. We don't just assume. That's right. Because right. Paul, Paul said to those Ephesians elders, from among you, your own selves. That's right. So church, you should yeah. you should know that the elders are doing that regularly to yeah. spur each other on and keep each other accountable. And yeah. then healthy members around us. Why is it important to have healthy members around us? Well, I think, I think in particular, healthy church membership. So that defines those lines, right? It's the people that, you know, our statement of faith and our church covenant are such important documents. Not because they are the same line as the Bible, but they just show us what we believe the Bible teaches. And so when we have church membership, meaningful church membership, what we're saying is is, is these people, if they're members, they're saying, I believe what is true uh, about the, what the Bible teaches. And then the covenant is, so the remember the uh, uh, life Titus 2, life and doctrine, right? And the professing to know God and denying by works. So the covenant is what it looks like to obey what you say you believe. And so meaningful church membership with those two doctrines, statement of faith, church covenant, with healthy pastors over them, puts the proper boundaries and the proper protections to promote healthy lives so that Christ would be glorified and we would enjoy him day after day and not be, you know, it's still going to come around us, but we can have the kinds of things around us to make sure that we're still walking in the right direction. That's right, yeah. So hopefully that's a restoration. That's a that's a bit of an overview over the next handful of episodes. We'll we'll talk about everything as the the design and intention of spiritual warfare, uh, the battlefront, Satan, sin, society, inclinations, just all these things to help us begin to continue to think this out together. Yeah, we'll kind of spin the diamond. Think a little bit more deeply about this. And as you listen to these things, and you have questions. About spiritual warfare, shoot us an email, uh, let us know so we can kind of bring those up in other podcasts. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ.